Wandering through the great plains of life Things move fast, sometimes a blur Don't you let this bumpy road Separate you from the herd And when you think the day is done The sun is getting low We're all looking for something rare The great white buffalo The great white buffalo Podcast with Ben Mayfield and All of a sudden I smell model car glue And I'm like I'll look back and she's chewing on the report card. Oh, gosh. So I was a little scared of that one. I pulled over and ripped it out of her mouth and then, like, immediately called poison control there. And then they, you know, they said that much. It's like nothing. Don't worry about it. Just keep an eye on her. You know, yeah. they're really nice. Yeah. <laughs> really nice. I love you got a punch control. card? They're like, yeah. yeah, okay, 10 time, you get this one for free. Yeah. A poison control punch card. <laughs> well, welcome to another episode of the Great White Buffalo Podcast. I'm Ben Mayfield, your host, and today we are in the house with the father of the year who's called poison control twice now, uh, and the daughter's still surviving, so... Uh, thriving. We're thriving, yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't mean to throw you on the bus. You're a fantastic dad. Uh, to the right... You know him, you love Wait, him. You didn't even say his name. Yeah, yeah, because I want to introduce him last. Oh, okay, cool, cool, yeah, cool. Yeah. Uh, it's Nathan Dickens. How are you, Nathan? I'm great. How you doing? Dude, I'm so glad you're here, man. I'm super glad to be um, here. You're our number one subscriber, our number one watcher, and so I'm really glad you're here. It's kind of an ongoing joke that Nathan's been on the podcast more than anybody, and he's yet to see a single show, or watch a single episode, or listen to a single episode. I mean... When you're it. like, I don't want to listen to myself talk for the episodes right. I've been on. I think I've probably listened to like a handful. A hand, okay, all right. And to my left, <laughs> it's the honorable. Is that is that the correct terminology? The honorable. Only for in court. Uh, only for in court. It is Will Maxwell. How are you, Will? Doing great. Thank it, you, or I'm sorry, Judge Will Maxwell. Only for in court. Only for in now. Court. We talked about this. Are you allowed to wear the wig? That's not a thing. I think that's a Australian New Zealand thing. But like the judge you probably wig? would be allowed to do whatever. You're the judge. I just think you should. I think that would just lighten up the mood <laughs> and and you not laugh one time, but just wear a wig. It just carry around a gavel. Do you have to wear you go? Do you wear a robe though? Uh oh. sometimes, yes. Well, probably most of the time. Do you have to buy your own? You don't have to. Or do you Yes, to- they that is not state county funded. You had to buy your own robe. Could you just wear uh, like your high school graduation robe? You probably could get away with it. Yes, they're very similar. Like you'll look at some people's robes, and it's ministerial robe slash judge's robe. Yeah, that's what I have. Graduation. Um, Except yours is purple. So that. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah, what, that's true. what was you know, North Georgia's? Is North Georgia's blue or yeah, was it no, black? North Georgia's black. Oh, okay. You could. Yeah, that's North Georgia. Yeah. North Georgia. Oh, okay. Uh, but it's it's kind of crazy, and I brag about you a lot because, you know, Will and I were roommates for a year, and I don't have a lot of judge friends. Like I don't know anybody else personally who's a judge. And so you're my only friend that's a judge. Yeah, and I mean the only other judge I know is Uncle Phil from Fresh Prince of Bel Air, right? Mm. And Judge Judy, Judge Judy, that's true. Yeah, but I think you, if you carried around a gavel everywhere you went. And someone's like, hey, you know, uh, blah, blah, blah. And he's like slammed it down and said, I find that, you know, in contempt. And I'm like, what? Like, and you just do that. But be the judge everywhere you go. Sounds judgy. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Oh, God. Ooh. Just think about it. It's, it's, it's a perk of the job is yeah. the gavel. <laughs> Anyways. I think that's I, unethical, actually, because there's a, a lot of rules, more rules than you would think. And one of them is... You know, of course, if you're just joking around, but one of them is don't talk about your judgeship and try to influence others. Like if you get pulled over, I'm the judge. You don't. You're if you say it, then you could get in trouble. What if I say I'm friends with the judge? Do I also get in trouble <laughs> you for that? Oh, no ethical obligation. To no ethical. Say. Okay, because I've used that card so many times, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, and it has not worked not yet. Worked. I was at Waffle House, and they're like, "All right, you know, here's." Your, I was like, "I'm friends with the judge." They're like, "What?" You no. still got to pay twelve sixty. Yeah, like, oh, <laughs> like all right, dang it. Uh, sometimes I I don't actually want to get in trouble at all, but sometimes I just like want to see if it would work. If someone's like, you know, some cop pulls me over, I'm like, I'm friends with the judge Maxwell. He did get pulled over uh, the other day, and we were at El Himidor Saturday night with Winston and 
Josh. Shout out to Winston Josh. And uh, we, uh, he was like, oh, that, that joke. Well, Caitlin and Lou were there yeah. too, but. Uh, the officer that pulled me over. <laughs> the officer that pulled him over, they came and sat down right behind us. And we just paid and he's like. Oh, look, we got we got to bounce. That guy just pulled me over, and <laughs> yeah. and as we as we got up and we're leaving, I said very loudly, which Ben did not have anything to drink, but I was like, "Ben, you okay to drive?" And he was like, "Yeah, man." Oh God, we just walked out. <laughs> I was like, "Oh my gosh!" And I, I thought about saying, "I'm a smart aleck by nature, like it's it's one of my probably toxic traits," and I had to bite my tongue saying something because. Whatever, but it was kind of awkward to see the person like outside of like the cop car behind you. There's not very many of the city police, and so shout out to the city of Dahlonega. Yeah, uh, first line of protection. Not really. Anyways, uh, <laughs> today's episode is a great transition. We're gonna go to that. I do want to give a couple shout outs though. Is that okay if I do a shout out? Sure, show. That's it, that's facts. <laughs> And I want people to keep remembering it's my show. I do what I want. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Michael Ashley. He's actually on an episode. Uh, I don't know what number. I probably should look that up before. But Michael Ashley was on the podcast. He's a big listener. Uh, his brother Joseph Joe is uh, also a listener. And he just got married this weekend. I thought it would be really cool since he's a GWB guy uh, to give him a shout out. Uh, I was not invited to the wedding. <laughs> <laughs> want to throw that out there, and I know he's listening. Uh, I'm also a reverend. I could officiate the wedding. You know, was not. I could have DJ the wedding. Didn't get invited, but just. But but we love him. You know, just wasn't invited. Um, and so now I had to debate whether or not I have him back on the podcast or not. Should I have him back? It's your show. Oh my god! You're <laughs> supposed to build upon this. Do it. Just do it. Yeah. All right, all right, Michael, you're back on the podcast. I think you should do it, and then the whole time just ask about the wedding and. Just kind of throw out, throw out slight hints of like, you being you, upset about not being involved. Did you have cake? Involved. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. That's <laughs> cool. That's awesome. Would you have like like a like a buffet line? Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Were oh, there a lot of friends there? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Like who who oh, all was it, there? It was a big wedding. Oh, okay. oh cool, cool. Yeah, cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. A lot of friends. All right, yeah, yeah. How many, <laughs> how many groomsmen? Oh, 15? Yeah, 15 groomsmen. All right, cool, 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 cool. <laughs> You just found a judge, or not a judge, you found a reverend online. That's cool. That's great. Like, yeah. no, you listen to one every week, but that's cool, whatever. Anyways, I love Michael. And then the other one, I, uh, as, as a listener named uh, uh, Naomi, and she is fantastic, and I never have really interacted with her. But Is I, it Naomi or Naomi? Oh, gosh. Na- Naomi? How does she spell it? N-A-O-M-I? Is that how you spell it? It's Naomi. It's, it's got to be. If you did N-A-I. What did I say? Naomi. That's because I'm fancier, dude. I'm a doctor. Is that what it is? Yeah, when you're a doctor, you say Naomi. Yeah. I guess for you, it's probably Naomi. Yeah, you, you speak <laughs> Italian anyway, so I mean, I would... I'd... I italicize everything I write. <laughs> um, oh, now I feel terrible. I don't know if I should edit that. You know what? She'll love it. She's a big listener. <laughs> Naomi. Is that right? Okay. That's, that's, that's what proper. I would assume. Okay, Naomi. Naomi's wonderful, and she asked me to DJ her wedding, and I thought this was crazy. Uh, I can't do it because I'm out of town that week, and so I'm sorry, but I've DJed so many weddings, like more than 15. You've been to a bunch of them that I've DJed, and I, I don't have a business. Like, I don't do that as a living. I just had people, like, word of mouth have just asked me to DJ their wedding, kind of like MC, you know, not just play music, but, you know, call out so-and-so. And I've done already, I've done three this year. I did like seven last year. It's just a lot of, I don't know, weddings. And I thought that was like kind of an interesting, when she asked me that, and I was like, what the heck? And I, I take it as an honor uh, that people ask me, but it's just interesting to me that I don't do that as a living and people have asked me to do that, you know? That is true. That's a good side Very business, though, yeah. for a youth pastor, because it's not a lot of time, but decent money for the time, I yeah. imagine. I charge $10,000, so. <laughs> that's good, yeah. Yeah, so it's pretty good. Uh, in fact, that's actually why I can't do her wedding. She said, that's too much. It's not in her budget. And I was like, okay, that's weird. But $10,000, I thought, was pretty pretty adequate to my skill level. Yeah, I guess. All right, well. No, it's still my favorite wedding story was Will's. And uh, oh, as he goes, oh wait, yo, we got beat right now with Will Maxwell. <laughs> we're we're, that sit, story. we're standing in the back, and uh, we're you know about to pray over the food, and Will was like, you know, I'm gonna, 
I'm going to call up a friend that uh, I used to live with, and he's got three letters in his name, and Ben's getting amped, like, oh my gosh, am I about to pray for this? It's me. It's me. It's my favorite three-letter roommate that I've ever had. One of the letters that start has an E in it. I'm and like, oh, that's and we'll, me. we'll calls up Joe and Ben was already taking like two steps forward. He goes, "What?" And just like synced back. It was you saw the life come out of him. It, it was the it, funniest thing. He made it sound like, "Oh, obviously it's Joe." And I love Joe. I have nothing against Joe, but it was like, who else would any possibly fit in that category? And I can see you. <laughs> Joe's like, "Yeah, yeah, I'll definitely pray." Like this is so. Expensive. He didn't know I was calling on him. He did not know, and I also didn't know. That he wasn't going to not call me. Uh, and you're the preacher. But you looked past Joe at one point and made eyes. Oh, he, he and, stared and at you. I saw it. I yeah. know where Joe he, was. He, at he me. stared at you the whole time. And then right when he said Joe's name, he just gave you the big middle finger. And <laughs> yeah. then like, you, my just, do what I want. you left, you know? I was like, all right, well, <laughs> I, it, it hurt. <laughs> you know, and I felt like part of me was you only invited me to your wedding <laughs> to set me up for failure. Because I wasn't, and a good that roommate. that was one of the best like wedding presents or like parting gifts that you yeah. could give to any yeah. guest. And so I'm so glad you did that. Well, yeah, yeah, for him, not for me. Yeah, <laughs> it was great. And then like you looked at me and said, "Sorry, bud, you're not there. You're not even top five best roommates with three letters in it." And I was like, "Ah, oh, dang it," because we all because we bonded because you're a three letter will. Right. There's not two L's in that name. Wow. Yeah, very controversial, but he's W I L. Is there another L? Yeah, there is. He just doesn't want it. <laughs> uh, and it just hurt it hurt a little bit. And so I'm glad we can get that out there. <laughs> Did we talk about this last time? No, this okay. was after last time you were on the podcast, you weren't married. Really? I think I was. I think he was. And I think we did talk about this. Well, listen to that episode and listen to this episode. It's great. It's great. It's fantastic. Uh, but listen, I, I'm really excited that you are here because I don't normally film. For those who don't know, I don't really film on Mondays. But yesterday was a pretty powerful day. It was a very spiritual day for me. I don't. I, I hope it was for y'all. And I text you both today. Like, like yeah, so I appreciate y'all being here because I wanted to recap a little bit about yesterday. And for those who are listening or watching on YouTube, and I don't, I don't ever say this, subscribe on our YouTube channel, like the videos, comment, hit the bell for notification. We love you. Thank you for being on our YouTube page. But we went to this revival thing yesterday at this church, and it was it was really awesome. But it kind of sprang out. If, if you listen to like some national news, you may have heard that there was a revival at Asbury Seminary. Uh, in Kentucky, right? Is that in Kentucky? It's it. So it started out of uh, the Asbury College. Asbury College and Asbury Seminary are all in Wilmore, and they're Is that right. Two different at, schools. I mean, it's all Asbury, but there's like it's like a like a undergrad and then seminary. Oh, okay. And okay, out of the but it's a Christian college, and it's a two light town. Like it's very small, about twenty twenty five minutes south of Lexington. It's smaller and than Longa. Yes, very, very much smaller yeah. than Delonica. And about three weeks ago at a chapel service, which chapel happens on Tuesday, mm-hmm. they were there and chapel lasts for about an hour. And then uh, people started coming up. Um, you know, people just didn't want to leave and worship started going. People started confessing sins. They just started uh, praying for each other, all these things. And it lasted for about two weeks until they kind of shut it down. But it spread to um, Samford University, to Lee University, um, and just kind of all these kind of revivals. Yeah, it was all over social media. A lot of different people have different thoughts on it, but um, a lot of that was going, and it's just kind of this outpouring is what they're calling it more than just like revival because everybody has different ideas of what revival would be or outpouring. But this move of the spirit where people were there for 24 hours, you know, 24 seven for two weeks about, and so many people came from around the world. I mean, people came from all over the U S Louis Giglio posted about it. He was actually up there for a little time. Like all these people just started coming flooding around to see what was happening mm-hmm. at Asbury with these college students just worshiping. It, it was crazy because from what I've I've heard and 
was that there was one particular student after chapel. They like went to lunch, but they came, the band came back, and it's like I think there was one kid, but maybe there was more than just one was still there, and they were like, "Oh, okay," like, and then just kind of felt it, and it just kind of grew from this organic like. It wasn't like they orchestr- like orchestrated this. It's just like an organic movement of the Holy Spirit. And several students from Asbury had uh, came, got invited to North Georgia, where we are, to this church at Norcross, UMC. And they talked about it. They gave their testimonies. And then there's Wesley UGA Band came, and they led some worship songs. And I didn't really know that this was happening uh, Chris Davis and Nathan were talking about it. So I brought my youth kids, and we went to it, and Will came with, with the church, with, I guess, the Dahlonega Youth Group. And it was really cool. I thought it was a really powerful service. This was yesterday for us. And there was things that happened yesterday that I want to talk about that stood out to me, but I don't want to just go first. But did, is there anything that stood out to y'all in particular that happened yesterday? Because I felt like the Spirit was definitely there. And... One of the things that I am, and I don't know if you're listening or watching, if you relate to this, I'm a cynical person. And maybe not, maybe not cynical is the right word. I'm a skeptical person. I'm very skeptic about uh, if it's not authentic, I will call it out. At least my perception of it. If it doesn't feel authentic, if it feels like it's forced, or it feels like, uh, well, this is what we're supposed to do at this time, so we do it. Like, you know, when I went to this conference, they're like, oh, this is cry night. This is designated cry night. I was like, well, if it's called cry night, is it really organic? Is it really authentic if everybody just does it? Uh, So I had that little bit of skepticism going into this event. I was still excited for it. I'm not saying I'm anti it, but I was just like, all right, what is this? And there was one particular speaker that stood out to me, but I'll let y'all go. Like, was there anything that stood out to y'all? I mean, mean, there's a few things. I mean, first of all, uh, it was just cool personally – because I was just thinking to myself, like, leading up to this, that, you know, our church, 930 service is great. Um, but, you know, there's times before and after that you have services, and so there's not a lot of time to linger and just kind of let let the Spirit lead, let people pray for a while, worship for a while. It's mm-hmm. three songs that are three, four, I assume, minutes long, and then you go forward. And I was just thinking it'd be really neat. You know, I grew up in at Friendship Baptist Church, and we had – what we would call revival weeks. And so, you know, I grew up in that where you'd have longer services of worship and you'd have altar calls that would last a while and people would get that chance. And so, you know, I I thought it'd be really cool if we could on a Sunday evening to, like Christ Fellowship is down the road, to have, you know, just a longer service that we could just kind of linger in the spirit and, like, worship for a while. Like, some people may be talking for a little bit and just thinking through that. I even talked to Chris about that. You know, can we do this? And so, you know, I had that desire, and then it was so cool that Asbury happened, and then um, Pastor, you know, Robin Parr, she seemed like she was a ringleader that I thought and kind of got that going from our perspective. It was just really neat, first of all, that it even happened, and there's people that were desiring to worship. Um, And so that was the first thing. And, you know, once we got there, of course, there's a sweet spirit there, and it seemed, for me, it was I don't know, I just enjoyed the worship. It was genuine worship. It was long, um, you know, but not too long. It seemed like it just went on forever. But, um, yeah, it was just awesome. And one thing that was cool to me also was that I believe it's Paul that talks about how, you know, worship services or, you know, meeting together should be orderly. And there's a time for this and a time for that. And there wasn't, I mean, there was some structure to it, but it seemed like, God led people to say things. You know, there was a lady that got up out of nowhere, and it was very timely and felt right of what she said. It was probably one of the most powerful parts. I mean, she was spirit-led when she was talking. Right. Yeah. And, you know, the one lady who was the worship leader, just reading those verses of how worthy is the Lamb, reading those, you know, Revelation verses. And, I mean, it was just that was just so powerful to me, too. But then even— She's a 4 h by the way. Is she? Yeah. She was great. And what she said was awesome. And just reading God's word. And I thought it was cool too how another part they, and I know this never really sunk in before, but um, the, the one of the speakers mentioned about God's word just being sufficient of itself. And he, and he talked about that first chapter, I guess, of John's gospel that 
the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and talking about how the Word of God is God speaking to us at different times and how powerful that is, and the Word itself is good enough. We don't even need to add to it or take away, not taken away from preachers or teachers, but and they had a time of just people being led to say certain verses, and I thought that it was just really neat, the type of verses that were said and the timing of it, and you had, you know, little Hank, get up there and his last verse was awesome and um i don't know it was just really cool how it was orderly but it was also um not staged and not planned well and you talked about too after each time someone read a scripture that said this is the word of god for us the people of god thanks be to god that hit harder i've heard that yeah especially in the methodist church i've heard that um but it hit hard well and for me because i saw will this morning and you mentioned that and it made me think about it my kind of cynical brain at first like oh that's cool and then it came like a little chart where i was like oh this is annoying this is the word of god for the people of god thanks be to god this is the word of god because we had and there was i mean there were so many people reading the scripture it wasn't just like one person we just kept saying it but then it kind of had this point where for me it kind of came back up where i was i was thinking about like this is the word of God, right? Like thank, thanks be to God. Like, yeah. like, like you know, like thank you God for this. For and, uh, this is the word of God for us. Like it's for us. It's for us to to build a relationship, to know God, know who God is, and and how God loves us, and how we can be more of a disciple and a follower. So it's for us. Thank, thank you God. Like and like it kind of came like a little like little circle of like me going. All right, this is kind of cool. All right, this is like, all right, I keep saying it. And then it kind of like, it just resonated and it, and it sunk in. And I think sometimes it takes a little bit of time for that to do it. It was really cool. Uh, you mentioned that. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, until you I mean, that, up. just that, that phrase definitely hit harder than, you know, some things I, th- I think you listen to and it just finally hits you or sinks in. And that was one of them. Yeah. I, uh, the one, the one that got me the most was, uh, well, all of there's a lot of it that was really awesome, but this the one that Asbury students told his testimony, and I want to kind of repeat it. It's not my, it's not Ben Mayfield's testimony. It's this, I can't think of his name, but it's his testimony. But there was parts to it that really hit home with me, and one of it was he went to he was a student at Asbury. He heard about it, and he went to this revival. He went to it, and he. And if I recall correctly, he said he had a little bit of that kind of like, like what is this? Like you know what's going on here. And he said he saw somebody, you know, weep, you know, cry out to the Lord. And he said, I could feel outwardly the presence of God. Like, I could feel like this, the presence of God is definitely here. And when he saw uh, a person cry out, he was like, man, that's awesome. Why am I not doing it? Why am I not weeping out? Why am I not overflowed with emotion? And he said, he did it like one day, two days, three days, four days. He does not feel like, why am I not? And he kept going back to it. And then he met with some, I guess it was like a professor of some sort or some youth leader or some church leader. And he said, you're comparing. You're, you're living in a life of comparison to what that person's doing. You're sitting up there thinking, I have to do that. And that resonated with me with one is, we sometimes like we well, I say sometimes all the time we live in a world of comparison. We compare ourselves whether it's our GPA because I work in student ministry, it's our GPA, it's our academics, it's our achievements, it's the way we are our Instagram likes, our Facebook likes, how many people love me, how much money do I make, what status do I have? It's this comparison, and what happens is we take that life. It's even. Uh, in, in sports, you know, am I the fastest? Am I the strongest? Am I the, be- the best uh, athlete? And I compare myself to other people. And what happens is we take that comparison in the civilian world and we put it into our faith of why I have to compare my faith compared to other people's faith. And do I really know the Lord? Am I really uh, in tune? And, and I thought that was very real. I thought that's a, a thing that maybe people don't think about a lot is that comparison's sake. And he goes... Uh, and the second part to that was he said that on day, like, I don't know what day it was, but like day 13 or something, like it was longer into it, that he was still there, he was still sitting in it, and he said someone came up to it and started, uh, didn't say anything before, didn't really say anything after, just read scripture, read Luke 24, the walk to Emmaus. And he said at that moment, 
it hit home with him that he became that outward presence of the spirit became an inward presence and he just felt it uh, and he became overflowed with emotion and for me that was really cool and that was one of the reasons why we kept re- reading scripture was after his testimony was the word of God mm-hmm. is is powerful you know a preacher is fantastic and it's needed a teacher is fantastic and it's needed but sometimes we forget the word of God is the word of God and that hit home with him and the and the part that it took, I forget exactly what day it was, but let's say it's day 13. But day 13, and sometimes we live in a world of instant gratification where we want to microwave God, and God's like, I'm not a microwave, I'm an oven. It takes time. And the fact that he consistently pursued God for 13 days, you know, this journey of like trying to connect with God, get on this level. He's seeing all these things around him. He goes, he starts comparing. He goes, I, I got to stop comparing. I got to stop living into that world, stop living into that lie of comparison. And then he starts focusing on God and he's still focusing, he's still focusing. And it wasn't until he heard the word of God that it, that, that it connected to him. And sometimes well, we, we live in this world of comparison where oh, I got I to have God now. Why, why can't I hear one worship song and immediately have what everybody right. else has? And for him, like, God was always there. It just took the person time to connect. And I think we have to re- recognize that it takes us time sometimes to get past our walls and our rocks to really get to them. Yeah. I, I was, uh, was awesome. so I, I wanted to go up to Asbury when the, like, kind of some of the revival stuff was happening. I didn't hear it for the first few days. Mm-hmm. And then we went on a ski trip. Uh, with Wesley, the college students, and then came back, and Robin was like, we need to go up there, we need to go up there. But I was about to leave for El Salvador, and I was like, man, that's just back to back to back to back. Um, and there was a part of me that really wanted to go, but um, I was talking to some friends, Zach Stubblefield some, uh, and some others that had gone up there, and uh, he texted me out of the blue and was like, hey, did you, have you gone up to, to Wilmore yet? I was like, no, nah, man. Um, he's like, are you taking a group or anything? I was like, well, when we get back from El Salvador, if it's still going on, I'm going to take a group or I'm going to go up there by myself. I don't care. I just want to sit in there and just kind of see it for myself and feel it, experience it, do all that. And um, I was like, have you gone? He's like, yeah, I went. And I said, well, what what, what did you think about it? Like what, you know, I trust his opinion and what he's thinking. And he was just like, dude, it's, it's the real deal. And I'd heard from a bunch of other people of like how just – genuine um read some stuff mark swayze you remember the wait you didn't go to new room there's a uh worship guy from uh you went to new room remember yeah, mark swayze I was there. Yeah. okay but um uh i was looking at will i yeah. thought will had gone but either way mark swayze um who's a guy i really trust and he's just an awesome dude uh he went up there and just wrote this whole um he wrote something about it, and there was a couple others that just what they were writing about and what it meant was just real deal, amazing, just spirit led movement. Yeah. And uh, so before I'd I'd gone to El Salvador, I'd I'd been thinking about it, and I was just like, man, it's it's so needed. And I think sometimes for me, kind of like you've been, I think there is something where you do. Scripture is very clear. You need to test it, you know, test spirits, you right. know, test it in the sense of like with scripture and, and allow the Holy Spirit to lead you in discernment of what's going on. So in some ways, I wouldn't say full skepticism um, or not. I mean, just, you know, trying to test thing. things out. It, it can be a good yeah. thing. You know, you don't want to just go into everything and be like, oh, completely God. No, I mean, it's like now everything's God. Like, you need some of that. But um, I was sitting there thinking about it, and then I was down in El Salvador, and um, I was with a bunch of the people in La Magdalena, and it was just... Uh, a verse that came to to my mind and my heart was uh, in Exodus 3 when God calls Moses from the burning bush and uh, he just says, I have seen my people and I have heard their cries. And like, I'm going to, like, you're going to lead them out. You're going to go do this. And, and Moses is kind of like, wait, who am I to do this? And it just started making me think, I mean, for 400 years, kind of like what you were talking about, for 400 years, the Israelites have been enslaved and crying out to God. And I'm sure there were a lot of moments where it's like, there definitely is an instant gratification in 400 years, just 
crying out and crying out, and I'm sure there are times of like, where is God? Does God even hear me? Does God even see me? Does God even care? Is God even real? And I think sometimes for ourselves, it's that it's like, man, it's been forever since there's been a move of the Spirit, and it just seems like things aren't going, and it can be real easy to be like, where's God? Like, does He hear me? Does He see me? Does He even care? And that scripture reminded me that we continue to cry out because God sees us, and God hears us, and God is going to move. And it may not be in our lifetime, it may, or whatever it is, but I was just thinking of like, but if we don't cry out, if we don't ask, and not just like, uh, you know, and it's good to have those moments of just like, God, I, I want you to move and all that, but like, this deep, as uh, David Thomas, who's like the head guy of New Room, would say, is this travailing prayer. And he's a big revivalist historian, and he talked about preceding every revival that's ever been, there was this movement of deep travailing prayer, of people just on their knees for hours crying out to God. Mm-hmm. Like, you think of those prayers when, you know, someone's sick or hurt that you just deeply love and you're just like god be with like heal them heal like crying out like just or just these deep moments of like you know I've, i think about sometimes like as a kid whenever you want something for christmas you know you're not just like you know mom and dad ask you like what do you want or whenever you if there's anyone that still believes in santa i'm sorry but when you still believe in Santa and you're just like, Santa, I really want this. And you're just like so amped for it. You know, you, you don't just go like, yeah, you know, that, that'd be cool if I had that, but you know, whatever. And then you're just done. like, you're just like, you're wanting it. Your eyes are focused on it. You're, you're, you're seeking after it. You're leading up to Christmas. You're excited about it. And you're just thinking, man, what if I get this? And you keep kind of trying to remind your parents, like, this is what I really want. Or you're, you're, in a, you know, go to Santa at the mall and you're like, this is what I really want. You know, all mm-hmm. that. And it's like, as Christians, where's that over years and years where the instant gratification isn't happening? Like, what about, are we just crying out for God? And so, like, I actually preached that down in uh, La Magdalena when I was in El Salvador. Because, I mean, especially when you're in countries where, like, these people have nothing. I mean, they they do have a lot. I don't want to, you know, I'm not pooping on them or anything comparatively speaking well just and even not just like oh you don't have the american things because i also had a revelation of like i don't want to bring them what we have in america i don't want to bring them the um the depression the anxiety the overwhelm the work work work. where i'm not i don't want to bring them any of that what about fast and furious Um, though but fast and furious i do which have you seen the preview for 10 no you gotta go see yeah but side point but you um you know, they don't have drinking water. They don't have, like, just kind of basic necessities. Mm-hmm. Um, they have to go drink bottled water or just not easy access to medical stuff, like all these things. And yet the, it's like, I remember in the worship services, all that, it's like, I just want to cry out with them. And how tiring that can be of, like, generations and generations of experiencing the same thing, maybe never experiencing a breakthrough. But in Exodus, it reminds us like God hears us and he sees us and he's, he's not going to leave us or forsake us. And it may not be instantly. I mean, some of those Israelites from the time they were born to the time they died, they were enslaved and cried out every day and nothing seemingly changed. But there is something that changes when we'll cry out. And so coming back from that and going into that, that worship service this past Sunday, because, mm-hmm. you know, normally... I don't want to even say normally, but lately, it's like, you know, I'm I'm always around ministry stuff. Same thing with you, Ben, and Will, you too. I mean, you're always helping with youth and going to church, but it's like always in that stuff that sometimes it can be like Sunday night. You know, I do a leadership meeting with our college students Sunday night. We do uh, tweeners on Sunday night too. We have church in the morning. Like, you know, after all that, it's like, yeah, I would just take them. I don't, I don't know how long it's going to last. Maybe we go, maybe we don't. There's all this other stuff. But through the past couple of weeks, it's just been on my mind of like this travailing prayer of like crying out to God. And whether he hears us or he doesn't in the moment or what we think, 
Yeah. I mean, because he does hear us. He, yeah. e- even if it doesn't change within a week or two or a year or two or right. three or four or five, we continue to seek after his face. And I think too often for me, and I, you know, sometimes I think it's the same um, in outdoor education. We used to talk about when you're trip leading backcountry stuff. If you're feeling tired, there's a good chance your participants are feeling tired. If you're feeling hungry, there's a good chan- chance your participants are. And so sometimes I feel like whenever we feel exhausted and all that other stuff is that maybe other people are feeling it too. And so sometimes I feel like have we gotten tired to travail? Like have we gotten tired of like, yeah, we, we ask God, like we want you to move good night. Or are we like, like are we moved by the Spirit to cry out, God, we need you, right? And I'm going to worship you, whether whether or not. And the second part of that with Exodus, when Moses is like, "Why me?" Like, no, don't don't pick me. And he tries forever to get out of it. You know, God not He hears us, He sees us, He loves us. He's going to move, but He also has a reason for you, and He wants to use you. And it's really easy to be like, "Well, you know, Moses is like, well, I got to stutter. Well, I'm not this. I'm not that." It's like, it's like, no, no, God God wants you, and we each have a part to play, and it's uh, kind of like what Steve said, it's this Sunday, where it's like, we're not the heroes of our own story, Jesus is. It's not about us, it's about Him. And so if we could realize, like, no, God wants to use us, no matter how messed up you think you are, no matter how far away you are, or you think you are, God wants to use you, and that's where He gives him Aaron that can help him, and that when he's tired, he can hold up his staff with him and, and continue. And that's what we do for each other when we're tired. Like, let's go out and let's pray and push each other and guide each other. And so that it all combined it into Sunday where it was like, I just, just want to cry out to God. I don't want to try to replicate what was going on at Wilmore. I don't want to yeah. try to force it. I just want to worship, and I just want the move of the Spirit. So we have a lot of people desiring to grow close to God and feel His presence. That's... I feel like that's a pretty powerful room too. Absolutely, so that was, I think, what was cool about Sunday yesterday was that you had a room, a pretty big room for our standards, people who, you know, aren't really on a time clock. Granted, you're you're human, so you get tired and hungry. You you know you need to go home and work the next day. But that's what was cool about that to me was that there's yeah. a lot of people just genuinely wanting to worship and pray. And just focus on Jesus. Well, yeah, and there was people from Detroit that came down. There was people from Eatonton, Augusta. I mean, there was it wasn't because us it was like a forty-five minute drive, forty-minute drive. But there was people all across Georgia and all, apparently all across the country that came to North Georgia to to hear about the testimonies. And I thought that was pretty cool. Well, I think sometimes, especially with the skepticism, and like you think of all the hype that what happened in Asbury up at Wilmore. <laughs> all the attention it got. I know of some, some people in places that have, you know, are not only skeptical of some of that stuff, but kind of, you know, think that it's like an anti, no, I want to say anti-movement, but they, they, they just don't believe it or they think it's, it's like, um, hyped up artificial. or it's artificial yeah. or they think it's kind of a bad thing. They've, they've heard all these random things and, I started to realize, you know, again, like we talked about, it's good to test the spirit and to to do all that. But how quickly we are that the minute that God is moving, we're so quick to just like, yeah, right. Like, okay, whatever. Like, I, I think about even when people um, come to like come to faith and they're in like the superstardom place, and all that, and it's like the first reaction when you hear someone's now like following after Jesus and says they believe in him, you're like, okay, yeah, whatever. Well, and and I realize yeah. like in that social media world and all that type of stuff, it we're just so quick to be like, yeah, right. Like we're, we're in some ways it's kind of like that doubting Thomas where, okay, unless I touch it, unless I feel it, unless I, then I won't even believe it. And again, in some ways, uh, the being the test of spirit is a very biblical thing and a good thing. But why have we gotten to a point where there's a move of God and our first reaction is to try to squash it or squander it? And I put myself in that category too, yeah, where it's so like, yeah. like, why do I do that? Like, 
why do we do that? Why not say praise the Lord and, and continue to test the Spirit and be able to say, okay, let's, let's see what's going on there, but why don't we just get excited and amped yeah. for the Lord and pray and believe that God is moving, even when it's a little messy, even when it's like, okay, is that really it? Okay, well, let's test it. Let's still continue to see the Spirit, but praise God that this is even happening, and praise God, like, I don't know, it just... Yeah, no, I get that, because because I am in that camp sometimes where I'm skeptical of like, all right, what's really going on? Is it like, are they really doing it for the Lord? Are they doing it for the show? Are they doing it for their own, you know, gratification? But I felt there was a little bit of authenticness of, I think people are hungry. I think more than that, people are starved. I think people are starving for the spirit and just for this movement and like revival, you know, the word that gets thrown around, they said this outpouring is kind of the, the, the hashtag outpouring, uh, but this revival to me it was like I want to I want to be back on fire like I like right. I'm tired of just being embers and like it doesn't mean that I don't believe in the Lord don't hear me like I do believe in the Lord but uh, uh, the best way I, I in my head I always said this with my youth kids is I'm tired of being pond water there is water there's not the absence of water but it's stagnant I'm not moving. My relationship with the Lord is stagnant. I'm pond water. Instead, I want to be a rushing river. I want to be I want to be rocking and rolling and going somewhere and growing. And rivers get bigger and bigger. Rivers can be huge, and the rivers end up with the ocean. You know what I'm saying? And so, to me, it was like, all right, when I see a river and I get hesitant, like, is that really a river? I was like, well, is that because I'm unsatisfied with the fact that I'm in a pond? And so, okay, well, let me look at it. Let me see if I can see what's going on here and be part of it. And yesterday, I was kind of like that a little bit. Not that I was anti what was going on. And there were some people there that I'm sure were there for the right reasons. Some people were probably there for the wrong reasons. But I'm not that person. I'm not the judge. I'm the one that's just supposed to be there just to just hear the word and receive it. And like for me, when that that guy gave his testimony, all the, there's several good points. The worship was great, the the all the testimonies were great. The speakers, the scripture, there was a lot of really cool parts. But that's the one that kind of clicked for me. It was like, oh, I needed to hear that. And one of the words that he used was bitterness. And not that I was bitter between about going there. I mean, I was excited to go, but bitterness and other aspects of my life. And one of the examples he talked about was like a pipe. He had like a picture that he put up on the on the uh, what do you call it the projector screen whatever, and he talked about this pipe of this water and that there was these rocks and the water was getting blocked by these rocks and it was still dripping and I think I think that was kind of his way of the pond water it was you know it was stagnant, but he talked about how there was two of them and one the second one was and I may, correct me if I'm wrong but he was trying to imply that God is so powerful and God is so mighty. If he wants water to flow, it will flow, and it will outpour no matter what rocks were there. And then the third phase was when you experience the overflowing just love that God has for you and the grace that he has and just all these things, you start working on those rocks and healing. And the rocks were like bitterness. It was anger. It was resentment. It was depression. It was anxiety. It was whatever. You start working on those, and the rocks start dissipating, start disappearing, and then the water can just flow freely. Well, it's, it's like that idea that God... So it, it was that, that the was water cool. the water was still dripping, but then it flowed over and was still coming out, but then... God was able to remove and wash and restore and redeem. Mm -hmm. So it was like, okay, you can have those up there. God can still come out a little bit, but then you get to a stage of trusting where God is washing over. He's bigger than those things. But then you get to another stage of, or for him, this was mm -hmm. for these visions he was getting, was that God was healing and restoring where there was that bitterness. It wasn't that, okay, God was just over it, but still deep-seated it was in there. It was that God was removing and restoring and redeeming those areas. And I think that that's it's powerful and it's beautiful and the, and and I think you know with the whole Asbury thing that was going on, I know a lot of people that were up there and that were talking to me about it that I trust and that I know, and there has been a a movement that's been going on for past couple years now with New Room and the Awakening and the people behind it that they are really pouring into college students, really crying out and praying over and over again for 
uh, they call just an awakening with college students, with something new, with with the spirit to move throughout. Because a lot of revivals and stuff come out of younger people wanting the Lord, older people praying for um, their grandkids and their communities, and these young yeah. people just catching fire and and moving. And people have been praying and praying and going after it for years and years and years and years. And so. When that all happened, there was, I was already kind of leaning in a very trustworthy state because I know a lot of those people and I know that area and I know their heart and I know like I'm, I'm getting firsthand accounts and I'm hearing what's going on and, and just the, the beauty of the simplicity of what was going on there mm-hmm. and that it was just people wanting the spirit. I mean, there'd be the whole, um, the whole chapel would be filled and there'd be one person on the guitar just playing simple worship songs and people just crying out and praying over each other and coming to the altar and just it you know some people when they hear revival they start going down these weird tracks of like okay they brought out the snakes people are jumping around and you know, and really it, oh, I I oh some people do they they think oh. that it's like this super supernatural like you know people oh. just yeah. which you know, in some sense, I'm not saying doesn't. It's supernatural, the spirit's movement, but they think of like almost like these Comic movie, yeah, like level of stuff. And it's like, I didn't know that. You know, the the past couple weeks at Asbury is, from what a lot of people described to me, was a very sweet, yeah. very um, calming, bringing in peace and joy, and just like restoration and redemption and. You know, like, and and I think the mo- people just didn't. People would go to class and come back, or they'd stop going to class. Like, they were there twenty four seven, just being with the Lord. They d- that's what they wanted. They desired that, and I think there's a level of that of like, do we do we want that? Do we truly want that? And I, you know, again, kind of what you were saying, Ben. It, like, it's so important to s- surround yourself with people that want that. Right. Because if you're by yourself, you're going to get bitter. You're going to get tired. You're not going to... That's, you know, Moses couldn't hold up the staff the whole time by himself. Yeah. He needed other people with him. And so there's that point of like... And it's not to say you get rid of people that aren't going... You know, we're still to be the light into the world, do that. But you need people to build you up. You need people that can that can push and guide and, and, and help you during those times where you're just tired. And I think too often it's can be real easy to isolate or to feel like am i the only one or am i the only like i'm all by myself here that's where you need those brothers and sisters to to help push and just be there for you that's what i thought was cool though is that i don't know i maybe i wasn't so skeptical at first but i thought it was just so neat that you have asbury methodist tradition you know and then you have lee university Right, am I saying that right? Lee, yeah, yes. Church of God, yeah. right? Yep. And then cool. different denominations, and then just down the road, Sanford Baptist, right? Baptist, yeah. and you know here Dawsonville, you have a, a charismatic type yep. Christ Fellowship, mm-hmm. and what's cool to me is that everybody wants to grow closer to Jesus and be in His presence. There was a Catholic priest there yesterday. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. and it, and it was multi generational. Yeah, like there was there was older, there was younger, there was elementary school age, there was probably people in their seventies plus. There was uh, racially diverse yesterday. I love like, that. Like yeah. think about the every tribe, tongue, and nation. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. And you have you know just folks. It's it's so cool to see people worship. Well, and the, and that's the yeah. thing is that when it comes down to it, it's just it's it doesn't. It's not like okay, well, it's the this Methodist thing or a Baptist thing or a Catholic. It, it's people that just want the Spirit of right. God. Mm-hmm. They just want God to move, Absolutely. and and when you get to that level, it's like we just want the Spirit. Like we need God. Mm-hmm. I I do got to tell a slightly funny story. So we get there and we're sitting in the second row. Like we're pretty close. I mean, we're very close up. Uh, it was available, and I said, "You know what? We're not sitting in the back. We're not sitting in the back. We're sitting right here in the front, and we're, we're like worshiping." And to my left, like for me to like Will, there's another pew. He's not sitting in the same pew. He's sitting. There's an aisle, and then he's sitting there. And it's this older gentleman, 
probably like I don't know seventies, maybe maybe even older. And he had his ear ear aids in, and they kept going off like, <laughs> and I like, kept taking them off. <laughs> and he would like like hit it, try to put it back in, and, like whatever. But then he took his phone out, and I just like having to see it in my peripheral. And he goes and he takes a picture. And he would come back and like try to look and see what it was, and I could see his phone, and it's a, it's a picture of me, like my side body, and you could tell he's like, Ugh, like deletes it, <laughs> and then he goes back, tries to take another picture, and like goes zooms up, and it's another picture of me. He's like, what the heck, like, because I think he's trying to take a picture of like the whole like audit, you know, he the was whole... trying to get it up, but didn't realize he was turning it down, probably because yeah. he was probably turned down trying to touch the button. Yeah, or something. and, and yeah. trying to get like a picture of like this, it was like probably 700 plus people there, right? He's trying to take a picture of the whole crowd, but the way because he was sitting down and he just kept and it's like, why is this guy the only guy in my photo? <laughs> and I was like, and then Ben started his keto diet, yeah, <laughs> yeah. well, no, well, that's true. He's but, like, and keto starts tomorrow. I just tomorrow. felt bad because like I kept ruining this guy's picture because it's just me, <laughs> and I'm like, I wanted to be like. Like in the middle of worship, like, hey man, do you want me to take a group? Like, do you want me to like take an aerial shot for you? Cause you know to help him out. But then I was like, I don't know. And then he just like put his phone away. I just it was hilarious though. He just kept like leaning up, taking a picture, looking back, and going, "What the heck? Why is it this guy in my photo?" And like it's like, well, don't do the same thing four times in a row. <laughs> like he just kept doing it. It was like, why is this guy? And I felt like maybe he thought I was a jerk trying to ruin his photo. It's like I'm just standing here. Like you got to stand up and. Get a different angle. Sorry, I know that kind of kills the mood of the <laughs> seriousness of the vibe, but it was like, it was pretty funny. Church though. is funny sometimes, though. Yeah, it was. It was, it was <laughs> and that was neat too. Like you had people just chatting, you know, hanging out, and you know, I think children of God, children have fun and they play. Yeah, and yeah. amongst the worship and you know, really, you said travailing Nathan earlier. You know, you had people just hanging out and like I'm sitting beside my wife and we're, you know, praying together and you know just having fun too i don't know it's just a good a good service well and nathan knows this well maybe he does i don't know when i worship like and i'm really getting to worship i like to be in the very back uh or like in the top like i don't like to be seen right. i like to I like to dance i like to do my thing i sway but i don't want to be seen I don't, it's not because i'm trying to be like oh no one look at me it's like well i don't i really just don't want anybody looking at me I know it sounds weird. I have a podcast. I'm a pretty outgoing guy. But when I worship, I like to be, you know, so me sitting in the second row and having people behind me. Yeah, I was me behind un- you. I yeah, saw you worship. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> made me uncomfortable. You did great. <laughs> Very much so made me uncomfortable. But this lady, and and she was wonderful. She was lovely. She she spoke a couple times, like, you know, went to the mic. But she would turn around. And her eyes were wide open. And she would come up to me and be like, Lord loves you. And like it's like for me to hear. And I'm like, uh huh, yeah, like yeah, and she like looked at me like it was like, Carolyn Moore. Was that who it was? Well, I don't want to call anybody out, but she was. She's uh, great. She was she, once again super great. But I was just like, yep, like thumbs up, like <laughs> all right, turn around. I don't like people looking at me. And she'd look at me like, yes, we're worshiping God. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I got it. Um, and then the other one was Sadie, uh, Chris's daughter. Yeah, I don't know if you saw it. She ran up to me during the service, and she was like. Is that your brother? And it was like the Wesley worship guy, <laughs> like with a guitar. And I was like, I don't, I don't think so. He goes, That's your brother. He looks just like you. And I was <laughs> like, I mean, I guess kind of. He kind of looks like me. And she goes, Are y'all twins? And I'm like, uh, No, no, no. <laughs> and she's like, Y'all are twins, aren't you? And I was like, Yeah, we're twin brothers, but don't tell anybody. She goes, I knew it. it like goes and like runs back. <laughs> I was like, What the heck? <laughs> like, um, but she was, I told Chris that this morning and he laughed, but. It was a. I think I think God was probably one of the funniest people there, and so you know, back in his day, Jesus was probably killing it with stand up. <laughs> um, so I like to put a little humor into the worship service, but it was it was it was incredible, and I think the takeaway, like, or you know, we do our. I'm trying to look at the time. Yeah, our nuggets of wisdom uh, for this was we'll do like a kind of a takeaway, and for me, you know, there was a lot. There was a lot of takeaways, but one, if I could just. For me, I think it was because I'm kind of in a season right now where I'm trying to discern what the next big thing is, what am I supposed to do, how can I be faithful, how can I honor God and honor what God's path is for me, and not just my own, you know, what my own desire may be. And so I'm really trying to figure that out. And when he talked about being in the like in the 
the worship in Asbury. He's a student there. He knows all. He knows a lot of people there. He doesn't know everybody, but he knows a lot of people there. And he's in that worship. He's in that sweet center spot of the storm of just the spirit just going crazy. And it took him days and days to figure out what God was speaking to him. That resonated with me. And so I encourage people who are listening, if you're in a season of, of maybe doubt, a season of, of needing discernment, a season of trying to s- guidance needing where like, I don't doubt God. I don't doubt that he's there. I don't doubt that he exists, that he's my Lord and Savior. I'm not there. What I'm in a season of is what does God have for me? And like, can I listen to God? Can I hear God? Like, like I clearly want to be a follower and, and um, obedient to what, that's the word I'm looking for, obedient to God. But I'm, I'm, I'm struggling to know what that is. And that it took him, you know, 13 days or so to really hear what God was saying. That encouraged me to know that God is saying things like you were saying 400 years uh, for the Israelites. Like, just just be patient and keep listening. Uh, that I really like that because that was encouraging and very realistic in my relationship with the Lord. It's like if you're out there and you're wondering, just keep listening and and, and keep following. So I thought that was encouraging. Yeah. But what was something as a takeaway that you would give somebody? I'd say, uh, like, kind of like with with the Israelites, four hundred years is like to continue the travailing. Are prayer. you reading Exodus right now, by any chance? No. Okay, because I'm reading Exodus oh, right now. No, yeah. And so I was like, are we both reading the same book? No, Cause, no, no. Because now I want to go on an Exodus tangent because I've been reading it, and so I'm I like, I love it. Because like Exodus I just read the great. whole plagues. Whoa, yeah. bro. Exodus is great. Yeah, okay, but, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. But I would say continue to to cry out to God because I think sometimes in in the waiting, uh, there was a pastor that told me this when I was a freshman or sophomore in college that really hit me. Um, is that there's a difference in like waiting and not doing anything and proactively waiting. And I think sometimes when we're waiting on the Lord, we're just kind of like, okay, God, whenever you want to do it, but like whatever. But we continue to proactively wait, which means we still wait on the Lord, but we still move. We're still active. We're still we're crying out, but we're we're going after His Spirit. And I think sometimes we we think that waiting is just okay. Well, God knows I'm just going to sit here on my hands and not not move, not do anything. And in that travailing prayer and like going after the Lord. It's not that you're not doing it. You know, some people forget the power of prayer and that it's a proactive waiting. And it's this, we're still moving. We're still going after the Spirit. We're still, you know, proactive with our lives. But we, and and to to not doubt, I don't want to say not doubt, to not forget about the power of that travailing prayer and, and the fact of like, hey, we need to like get down on our knees in our closets, in our rooms, and cry out for God to move in, you know, marriages and kids and families in our nation, in our schools, in our communities, in our churches and everything. And that, like, that that's not, again, I don't want to, this isn't a diss on anyone, because I do at times too, where it's like, okay, I did my nightly prayer, okay, I'm done. or But like, this deep inward groaning that Scripture talks about of just, the deep desire mm-hmm. for God. And so I would say I want to encourage others and myself to like let's do that. You right. know, okay, maybe yeah. take that one less Netflix, you know, show, take 30 minutes of just that travailing prayer. Pray like really going at when it, you wake it's up uncomfortable it, sometimes. It can it it can like, be very uncomfortable. Because I I told you this one time this pastor was leading he said let it was with a staff actually. He said, I wanna I wanna pray for us. Everybody bow your heads. And so we're like, all right, we pray. The first four minutes, five minutes, he was silent. To a point where people were like looking up, like, like are we are we praying? Like what are we doing? Mm-hmm. And and he was and then he was like, you know, had his head bowed and so you like look up and go, All right. And it was like this uncomfortability of us just being still and being quiet. And then he goes into this prayer, and it's a beautiful prayer. Then afterwards, I mean, someone just said, like, why did you wait like, almost like five, six minutes before? Like, they were like just curious. He was like, 
because we have to be comfortable in silence. We have to be comfortable in knowing that God's presence is there. We don't we don't need to be stimulated 24-7. Like, when I was praying, when I said, let's pray, was God even less there, there than when I started saying words? No. Yeah. And so, like, just, just to be still. Like, so, sorry, you, I didn't mean to cut you off, but you just, like, you kind of reminded me of that, of, like, cutting out the Netflix or cutting out the cell phone. You know, can we sit there and like the youth kids will tell you and i think adults do it too they'll have their phone out while they're watching a movie yeah like they'll have two screens on it's common now to be scrolling through something while a tv show is playing right. or while a movie is playing because they have to be distracted well and and not you know not to get too sidetracked but there is there is something that's happening that scientists are still trying to figure out that something's happening with the frontal lobe in kids and you know all generations alike with the invention of the, especially the smartphone and all that, that where we used to um, be, have to, we needed either some silence or some very light music to study. Now, in order for people to concentrate their minds, like there's something being awoken that hasn't been awoken before that, and we're not really, we scientists aren't really sure what the full extent of what's happening, but it's starting to come out a lot, a lot more. Um, in what's happening with like screens and and people having to and so when it comes to silence people will literally like I know some college students that they're like I get anxiety attacks if I sit in silence like true anxiety yeah, yeah, attacks yeah. some of them I think they're just exactly they're just but in some of it they're they're like I can't do it it's like well we have to retrain our minds because in everything that we do do we don't read scripture just to read scripture we don't pray just to pray we we don't do all these things. We don't participate in Lent or whatever. It is. We do all those things to be with God, mm-hmm. is simply be with right. God. And so, anyways, yeah, that, no, we could great. we could do a whole episode on that. I, I love it. Like they talk about, like if it was like a zombie apocalypse or something. They're like, what would you struggle with? Not food, not water. Like I can't watch TikTok anymore. And it's like, what? That's your biggest, you know, zombie <laughs> apocalypse? Like you know, fear. Anyways, um, I think. Just one thing. I mean, there's so many things you could think about, and you're there for a few hours, and so, you know, I feel like there's moments of prayer that you're praying through, and then you worship, and, but, you know, I guess one thing that was said a lot is just taste and see the Lord is good, and He is worthy. That was a big thing that they hit on just so much, and so the thought is, is like, you know, if God is worthy of my praise and my time, and like, I'm more wanting to seek Him than other things, I think that's pretty neat that you know, we were there. I'm not like patting ourselves on the back, but it's just God is worthy. So why wouldn't I go to worship with hundreds of other people? Mm-hmm. And like we grew closer to the Lord in that moment. Like you couldn't help it. And so there are, there is going to be moments, I think, as a Christian, and I've experienced it for a long time, that you're going to cry out to God and not hear back and you doubt. But I think that you do that because you know he's good. There's faith even in that. And so one of my favorite things is to read the Psalms, read what David went through, or read mm. Lamentations 3. Psalms, my buddy Chatham Psalms. gave me that when I was in the deepest, like, just doubts and wondering where God was. And what was encouraging about it is that somebody else thought those same things, yet then they remembered the gospel. They remember the unfailing love of the Lord, that he's yeah. new every morning, great is faithfulness. And then he stuck his face in the dirt and prayed more. Like he didn't get the redemption right then when he remembered the gospel. He still prayed and still sought after the Lord. And then later on, God brings him up out, up out of the pit. And so I think there's just, you know, there's going to be times of, of that. And I think even when you taste God, you know, and see that he's good, you want more, and you cry out for that to even more, to change more of your life, and to where my focus doesn't need to be on, you know, finances, or like what they, the word that they, somebody said last night, you know, just the verse of like, the sparrow, I take care of the sparrow, like, why yeah. are you stressed out about tomorrow, and I, I'm guilty of that bad, like, they had said that, and I'm like, I'm guilty, you know, and I find myself doing that, and it's just like, it's pretty cool to have these moments and then you remind yourself during the day, even the next day, of like, I'm going down that same thought process, driving down the road. Why don't I pray to God? Because he is worthy of my praise, mm-hmm. not just me stressing about tomorrow or whatever. Yeah. Um, and that could be one of those things where, 
you can just be try to be more not just you but everybody be more intentional when you have those moments like be the sparrow like, like or or remind yourself the sparrow right. like God took care of the sparrow he was going to take care of me because whenever you have like some of those like impactful moments where you like you learn something like oh like a revelation of some sort it's the application later on that's why my favorite Christian word is intentionality it's like am I going to be intentional about what I experienced and put it into my life like. You know, you just had this awakening of like, I gotta stop worrying about tomorrow. God's gonna take care of me. Okay, what are we doing to do that? And like to right. remind ourselves, hey, I'm 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 recognizing I'm having one of those moments right now where I'm freaking yeah. out. Sparrow, God's gonna take care of right. me. Like putting it into application, putting it because you're being intentional about it. Um, you, this is the last thing. I'm sorry. I, we could probably do like another hour. But one of the things you just said that kind of reminded me of like just being there and like now that you had to be there is the same way like when people go, when the Atlanta Braves went to the World Series and like people wanted to go to the game just to experience it or the Georgia Bulldogs were at the football game. They just wanted to experience the atmosphere, yeah. be there because it's like historic. But if you weren't there, they still played the games. You know, if you weren't there, people things still happen. And so... It's one of those things where it's like, I just wanted to be there, and it was really cool. But instead of a sports team, it was like for the kingdom of God. Right. You know, so it made it just even cooler. And, and that's like part of me was just curious. Yeah. And I think that's okay. Curiosity brings people to, to hear the word and to be in a community, and, it, and that's okay. It's like, don't be like, well, I wasn't there for genuine reasons. I was just there because I was curious. That's fine. You showed up. You heard about it, you know, and the spirit will move in ways that you can't even imagine. What's cool to me is encouraging is what I just thought of um, chosen and Jesus talking to the woman at the well. Like there's going to be a time where you don't have to go to this mountain or that mountain. You don't have to go to Jerusalem yep. to worship. You don't have to go to Asbury or go to this worship night. Yeah, come like, on. Worship and spirit and truth were two or three are gathered. So that was what's kind of cool to me is like yeah. we didn't go to Asbury, but there was going to be a, a bunch of folks who wanted to worship and just hear from God, and so Absolutely. it's just like, let's go and let's be together and let's do that. Yeah, yeah, and, for um, sure. Well, uh, Will, Nathan, I appreciate y'all being here today. Thanks for having us, um, and I appreciate y'all doing this on a Monday night, the day after, and just de- kind of debriefing a little bit. And we haven't really done a spiritual episode, you know, this year on Great White Buffalo. And you know, normally when Nathan's here, it is a little more spiritual. We we try to do that. He always but, ask me to not get so spiritual. In a, well, sometimes, I guess, you know, sometimes yeah, I can't yeah. help it, uh, Mister Spiritual here. But you know, sometimes we'll have like a third guest, and we and we just talk, and and I just felt like we have not done one yet, and I wanted to do one, and I felt like this is a lightning strike. Like, why would you not like a lightning strike? Maybe the bad word. It was like a. It was just like a. This is the time to do it. Like why? What light bulb. A light bulb. It's a light bulb moment, you know. Uh, we got we got to do this, and so I appreciate you all being here and sharing your hearts. And and I encourage our listeners, you know, if there's something that you know you have three pastors here, you have three guys who are who are flawed, but you know are, who love the Lord and and trying to grow in that relationship each and every day. And so if you have questions, DM us on Instagram. You know, comment on YouTube. Uh, I don't. I can't really do an Apple podcast, but. You know, or Spotify, but just do something to communicate with us. We'd love to, to open dialogue. If you have questions about faith or about revival or about, you know, Exodus or scripture, or um, you're in a season of where you're waiting and you're struggling or you're dealing with something, know that there's people out there to help you. And, and if we can help you, maybe we can find someone who lives near you that you can plug into um, to be in that community because you're not alone in this struggle. Um, you know that's why we say join the herd. We you know we're we're buffaloes. You know we're here together to to travel with you. And if you don't know this, you are loved, you are valued, and you are known. Um, and we appreciate you. And you got anything good? Are y'all good? That's great. All right. Thank you for listening to the Great White Buffalo podcast. Subscribe on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and we'll see you next time. Peace.